Welcome to Funny Women Behind the Scenes, a sequent covered podcast hosted by international showgirl and comedian Ivy Page. We'll be exploring what it's really like to work in the entertainment industry, from live comedy and cabaret to television and film. Brought to you by Funny Women, the leading community for female comedy. So let's get on with the show and welcome your host, Ivy Page. Hello and welcome to the real life work of art or piece of work, award deserving, flame haired, titan of teas. Yes, it's me, Ivy Page. It's time to take a seat on my chaise lounge in my personal burlesque boudoir as we break the fourth wall, draw back the velvet curtains and reveal what really happens behind the scenes. Joining me in my burlesque boudoir for this very special episode is PR guru and legend from Impressive PR, Mel Brown. Hi, Mel. Hi, Ivy. Thank you for letting me join you. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. So let's get started. What is PR? Wow, that is a big thing. I've gone straight in, straight in. Straight, Straight in for the kill. Well, PR can mean a lot of things to different people, but for me... Uh, what I do in the comedy world is get as much attention in the right places at the right time for my clients. If that's the simplified version. So I look after all sorts of clients, a lot of comedians and people within entertainment. And I target and speak to TV bookers, radio bookers, uh, journalists at print magazines and also uh, online outlets and try and secure them amazing coverage. So what is the difference between a PR and an agent? Oh, very, very different. So PR-wise, I the difference is I use my contacts to get the coverage. There's no uh, exchange of money. Bribery, some PRs might bribe, but I don't, uh, or other things. Um, I use my contacts to get the coverage. Agents do a similar thing, except what they're doing is they're getting their clients paid work. I don't get my clients paid work. I get paid a fee um, and I get them as much coverage as, co- as possible. But there's no guarantees with PR, which is why when you go to find a PR, you've got to choose your PR very carefully. So let's expand on that then. So what do you exactly mean when there are no guarantees? So I'm a comedian, I've got a show, I think it's amazing, and I come to you. Well, if you come to me, I will be totally honest. I'm brutally honest, as you probably know. I can guarantee, I could actually guarantee and verify this because that's <laughs> been my PR publicist. <laughs> so I'm, I literally will say, if I'm interested in somebody, then I will absolutely go all out to get them and I will give them great advice initially it's free advice because you haven't guaranteed you're going to that you're going to get them as a client when you have your initial meetings so um yeah I mean basically there are no guarantees and actually the one thing I will say is any PR at all that says I can get you xyz it's bullshit because you have to go to the outlet the media outlet and you have to present your client in the right way and then hopefully 
Uh, they will buy your story that you're telling them and they will love what you're presenting them. So if it's a comedian footage and you persuade them, please look at that footage. And if they love it and they love the story, then you've got a really great starting point. But any PR that says, yeah, we can get you X, Y, Z, no, you, there's no guarantees. You're not paying them for something. You're trying to convince them to do something. Um, so let's imagine I am a comedian just starting out and I've got a show I've maybe performed it a few times in you know small a small venue and I think this is the best show I've ever made do I come to a publicist what's the point I come to a publicist okay the point that you're ready for a publicist is if you're you've got your first hour ready to go so you hire a PR when you're ready with your first hour usually the way to go is via Edinburgh. Obviously, in these times at the moment, we, it's very uncertain. So it's actually harder right now to actually break break through as a young new comedian. But when we are back on normal ground, um, the time would be when you're doing previews and you know you're going to be working your hour in and you're ready to take that to the Edinburgh Festival. Um, and that is the time when you need a publicist. But you need to be ready, ready. I mean... I've, I will be, as I said, brutally honest, if something I don't feel is right or is going to be right. You, as a publicist, you've got to take a certain leap of faith because at the time that you go and see the clients, it could be the September, October, November before the August, potentially, to decide whether you're going to be representing that person or put your hat in the net as a PR to want to represent that person. So sometimes doesn't happen very often, but sometimes you go and see 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. You take a punt and then their hour does not excel to the point that they should be hiring a PR. So it's certainly for faith, but nine times out of 10, I'm right. So the, the thing that people need to take away from that is they need to have a solid hour. They need to be ready. It's pointless hiring a PR unless you've got your amazing hour. Ideally, that amazing hour will have a story. It will be true life. Um, it will, uh, you know, be funny throughout. That's an absolute key thing. Make sure it's funny throughout with no dips. But the story is really important. From a publisher's point of view, if you've got that amazing story and you're hilariously funny, that is the golden ticket to getting great PR. Because at the end of the day, I can put the um, comedian in front of people. I can get journalists to go and see the comedian. But at the end of the day, they're the people selling themselves on stage. I can't make them funny. They've got to do that job themselves. And also, the other thing is, as a PR, I'm a very trusted voice. Um, and the journalists trust me to go and, uh, you know, sell them somebody that's going to have a future and because I've had a lot of success thank god I've been blessed to work with some amazing people um they do look to me for tips so I'm putting myself on the line if I don't represent clients that that I think could have a really ma amazing future what do you think is the impact on new new acts this year with no Edinburgh I think it's really tough um, I am blessed to have represented and representing and in the future some amazing young women 
Um, unfortunately, some were meant to be debuting last year and then obviously pushed to this year. And I just don't think that's going to happen. I think it's a lot harder because the agents haven't got that glut of publicity to go to the TV and radio commissioners to then say, look, look at all this PR or look, look at this. They've won the Funny Women Award or X, Y, Z. They haven't got, luckily, Funny Women runs regardless of covid or whatever oh we're we're flying high so 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 that's good but then you know edinburgh in edinburgh terms the edinburgh comedy awards are very important too and those haven't run last year they're not going to run this year i just don't see it so what what do you think the alternative techniques are with no trade show to get how are we going to get noticed this year the only way to get noticed is to do your own thing content online make your own web series um do clips do video clips that's the only way i'm going to add on to that i'm going to say uh enter awards that you're that are available to you so we've obviously got the funny women awards um which is happening during this time i think there might be other awards but i think there is a huge impact a kind of huge chunk missing in our calendar at the moment isn't there in terms of performing massively i mean normally the kind of the year goes like this you've got a lot of people will do their warm-ups at the beginning of the year they will probably do the brighton festival which is a great way to showcase work in progress shows and just do work in progress shows okay let's talk about work in progress now i'm gonna no this is important because mel and i have worked together for a few years um and i love i love you dearly and this is interesting because in terms of advice now work in progress uh now tell everybody the advice you gave me because i was quite resistant wasn't i she's nodding she's nodding so like several things there's a few things here work in progress don't don't go and do your show with the name of the show from the off wait until you're ready until you're in the brochure for if you're doing edinburgh for the first time and then the name's there but keep it below the radar because the main thing is you don't want to be reviewed with the name of your show when you're not ready when the show is literally work in progress so just bill it as work in progress the other thing and this has a bearing on it in Edinburgh terms and just in Edinburgh terms, please, if you're going to be doing a show and you're doing an hour, do an hour. If you're not doing a show um, that you want to be eligible for the awards up there, the Edinburgh Comedy Awards, then bill it as 40 minutes and then you won't be eligible for your newcomer award. And that's so important. There's so many comedians that have made the mistake or been given bad advice when going to the Edinburgh Fringe. Now, that's a really interesting point because um, a lot of people, you know, who are coming at it from a cabaret perspective might put themselves in the comedy section or might be a cabaret artist that wants to go into comedy and might not know that. Yeah, well, this is it. Don't put yourself in the comedy section unless you want to be reviewed by comedy writers. If you're cabaret, stick in the cabaret section. If you're a comedian that might do cabaret, then be in the comedy section because you want to be reviewed by the uh, comedy critics. It is very, very difficult because you get sometimes you can put yourself in two categories. But I'd say if you're cabaret, just put yourself in the cabaret. Well, we've had this conversation, haven't we? 
about splitting my comedy. I can't even say it. Um, comedy and cabaret, two separate camps. Even though I might do both at the same time, but separating them so it's really clear what people are coming to see. That's for the future. We can reveal that at a later date. We can't see. She's doing her job as a PR. She, what she's doing there is not giving it away. Well, the one also there's some things as a PR you should be shouting about it, and there's other times when you shouldn't be shouting about it. It's about strategy and using, uh, choosing to say things at the right time and then in the right way. So yes, sometimes Ivy, you've got to keep your mouth shut. You're listening to Funny Women Behind the Scenes, all the backstage gossip and more. Um, so, Mel, I want to ask you about how, how did you get into PR? Because you've got an incredibly successful PR company, impressive well, PR. Thank you. Well, first of all, I was, and I still am, a music publicist. So I worked for record labels from when I was 18. I worked at the three three major labels and then uh, worked for a couple of independent PR companies, just doing music, um, and but all kinds of music. And then... Uh, decided uh, that I wanted to start my own company when I took a band called Muse into uh, uh, my last um, independent PR company that I worked with, and they didn't like it. So I thought, I'm going to set up my own company. And then a year in, after working Muse, Coldplay, Snow Patrol, and loads, I of, love other Muse. Bands, loads of other bands, I fell into comedy. I fell, I fell in love with, with comedy, actually. And the first comedy act I worked was an act called Super Girly. And they were managed by a dearly deceased friend of mine, Raz Gold. And they were a hybrid of kind of parody songs, comedy, music. So it was perfect for me. And that was the very first year I did Edinburgh. They were up there for two weeks. Um, the first piece of press I got them was two pages in the Sunday Times magazine, which was brilliant. And uh, that year, I got them so much coverage. The following year for Edinburgh, I got offered 20 acts. Oh, my God. Did you take all of them on? Not all of them, but some of them, yeah. Some some brilliant people. Unfortunately, back then, it was pr- pretty much all men. So I was looking after people like Ardell O'Hanlon that second year, Edinburgh, um, Lee Hurst, um, big names, but very few women. We, oddly, because I started with women, with the two super girly girls. Um, but now I would say my roster is 50% women, 50% men. And that's how I've tried, not tried, just I find women equally funny. It just depends on the people you pick. But the last, gosh, I'd say 10 years, um, my roster's been almost 50-50 split. Well, one of the other things I wanted to ask you is in terms of being a successful publicist, which you are, um, but what skills does it take? Because it's, you've got to be a certain type of person to be able to pick up the phone and get the Guardian to come and see your act. Well, you have to talk with authority for sure. You have to be very good at communication. You have to be, be able to sell your client. So be persuasive, be friendly, Um you know, I'm pretty outgoing, as you probably know, a bit crazy at times. I never noticed that. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, right, you're not going to get somebody like Brian Logan from The Guardian to pick up your call unless they know who you are. I mean, you won't even have that person's So, I mean, if I, if I, if I manage to get his number and and ask him to come and see my show, he won't come. He probably, he won't even pick your call up, no doubt. (laughs) 
<laughs> she's brutal. I mean, the, the whole point, if you're paying for PR, you're actually paying for them, to, you know, to use your to use their contacts to get you in front of the right people. That's the minimum that the client can expect, that you're presenting them in the right way and to the right people. This is Funny Women Behind the Scenes. If you want to know more about us, visit www.funnywomen.com. So I'm an act. I've decided to invest in PR. Uh, I go and talk to a range of different publicists. What questions should I ask them? Well, first of all, you should get to know them. I mean, and they, they've got to, I think if you're the client, that you want your PR to feel genuinely interested and invested in that client mm-hmm. and know how to sell them. You know, I know when I'm looking at a client in the comedy world, I will, first of all, are they funny? Very, very first thing, are they funny? <laughs> Second thing is, do they have a story to tell? Because that makes your life as a PR a lot easier. Yeah. Um. But same token, if there isn't a story and I find them hilarious and they've got a great show, then I'm going to take them on. But if you've got an amazing story, then it really, really helps. Um, the the, cl- the the comedian should should really feel that you're genuine and enthusiastic and feel confident that they can sell you. Is is the bottom line? Has social media changed things in PR? Social media. Um, I think social media is crucial. I think the com- in the comedy world, comedians should be doing as much of their own social media as possible. Social media sits parallel with PR, traditional PR. So it, it's complementary. Each complements each other. Um, I think it's interesting because I think comedy is way behind music in social media terms. In what ways? I feel like it's a massive gap that the comedy agents, a lot of the comedy agents and promoters, not all of them, but a lot of them are overlooking. I think that they should be hiring also social media teams alongside traditional PR companies because I think it goes hand in hand. And there's some comedians that are brilliant at it, brilliant at social media, and that's the preferred way if they do their own. But then there's others that are not so good and don't know what to do. So I think that the two goes very much hand in hand. Social media and digital marketing, I think, are the same thing. So let's talk PR strategy. So I've got my show. Okay, so we we go to the photo shoot. Ah, Well, this is another thing. So let's let's rewind a little bit. So not every PR does what we do so I always say photos are absolutely crucially important so I work with the comedian with the client to get the right visuals that's the very first thing after I take them on really before we write a press release before any of that getting the right visuals is absolutely crucial so I will come up with ideas alongside that um, comedian and uh, the more interesting the more striking the more colorful the better Obviously, everybody's different and you have to go with, obviously, what the client wants ultimately, but I'm very creative and I don't think a lot of PRs are, like myself, creative and come up with a lot of ideas. And I go to the photo shoots and I direct the photo shoots. Very, very hands-on. And I think it's an element that a lot of publicists forget. So it was interesting because when you came to um, one of the photo shoots that we did, didn't it? You, you were like, you need to smile. Well, the thing is, Ivy, <laughs> sometimes you have resting bitch face. 
I don't know what she means. And as you know, you're not that person. Not so, at all. Um, when it comes to what you do as Ivy Page, like burlesque, a lot of women love burlesque as much as men. And it's a, quite a myth that it's all male audience going to see burlesque artists. And you want to be engaging to women. So you don't yeah. want to be in the place, do you? No, exactly. <laughs> she was in the photo. She was smile, smile, smile. But the pictures are brilliant. Um, but what I wanted to pick up on for using that as an example is that in, from a PR perspective and as a marketer, you know, a, a picture campaign, the pictures that were out there were smiley, happy. They were really a truthful representation of who I am as an artist rather than, you know, self-critiquing myself in a, in a photo shoot. So as a, as a, my publicist, you were really guiding me uh, for the best image for the show, which, you know, worked wonders. That's right. I think, I think, as I said, a lot of people forget that photos can tell a story and they complement the writing. The picture editors don't think, oh, that person's more famous than the next. They will go for the better visual. That's really interesting. So what piece of advice could you give them when they're getting their photos done for the PR? Well, come up with creative ideas. Don't be the same as everybody else. So before we finish, there is a couple more top tips I'd like to pick your brains for. So press release. What would be your top tips for anybody who's sitting down and they're trying to write a press release about their show? Mm. Well, factual, not flowery. Journalists just want to read the salient points. So anything that sells you, don't put loads of words that are overblowing your stature. You know, if you're writing your own press releases, you're probably just starting out. So, and have a clip, a really good clip, five minute clip of what you do. Um, And potentially a nice picture on there too, because you're completely unknown. It'd be nice for people to see what you look like, a good picture. Make sure you've got your socials on there and your website on there and your contact. I think all of those are the basics. And if anybody listening here is thinking, I've got an amazing show, I've got a story to tell, I need PR, where should they come and find you? You know, I welcome anybody contacting me and I'll always, if somebody emails me, I'll always ring them or come back to them with with. You know, if they've sent me uh, some footage, I will give them some constructive criticism. Um, usually I'll pick the phone up, to be honest. Communication, as PR is communication. If you're not picking the phone up, then you're not doing PR. Mel, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, and Mel's a fabulous publicist. I can highly recommend her. Um, well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for all that advice. It's really, really constructive. And I know everybody listening will be able to take some tips away from what we've all listened to and learned today. Um, so go and check out Mel Brown at Impressive PR. Thanks, Mel. Thank you. I'm enticing her out of the gin cupboard to come and chat with me. It is our head honcho from Funny Women, Lynn Parker. Hello. Hello. That was a real memory lane trip for me. Was it? Why? I spent 25, 30 years in PR before I created Funny Women. So I kind of morphed from being a a publicist, promoter, Uh, into a a producer Uh, and in fact I was doing PR when I set up Funny Women it was why I set up Funny Women actually. So you wear a lot of hats then? 
I don't now so much. It's very difficult when you've got lots of experience not to wear different hats. But I, the longer it is since I've done public relations, the less I know about it now. And it's really hard to do your own PR. Actually, you need that sort of objective person who is going to advise you and, you know, tell you not to do something or tell you to wear a different outfit or get some decent photos done. It's the hardest thing in the world to do your own PR. I mean, I've battled that for the whole 19 years we've run Funny Women. Um, and it it's tough. You know, it's tough to do your own thing. So I don't, I think, you know, Jack, of, was it Jack of all trades, master of none? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there's, you know, I've learned that when we've had very lean times at Funny Women and they have been frequent, you know, and I've had to do everything myself. I think the, the thing I've enjoyed the least is doing the PR. Well, I think that's a very interesting perspective, isn't it? Because often as self-employed jobbing comics or performers, we are doing everything ourselves. And the other thing about PR, there is everyone thinks they know how to do it. And I hope after listening to Mel, they'll realise they don't know how to do it because there is quite a skill to it. Yeah, that's the thing I really wanted to pick up on is as you start progressing in your career, this is very apparent to me, as you start moving up the echelon, shall we say, you start, your team gets bigger to enable you to do what you do, which is the make the work create the work, perform the work, but for that to flourish and and elevate, you need that team around you who are supporting you, not dictating to you. I think that's really important to say. So there is a real place for in your team for a good publicist. I I wrote down when we were when I was listening that uh, a really good publicist, public relations consultant, whatever you want to call them, uh, is an extension of your team. And they they should be seamless. I know, In again, having had my many years of working um, in public relations for all sorts of companies, literally from furniture superstores to big cosmetic brands, I've, I've kind of covered all sorts of things, charities. You know, the important thing was that my, the media contacts thought I was part of that organisation and it's kind of that seamless approach. They, you, you know, as a as a good PR, you really have to live, sleep, eat, breathe, and become at one with your clients. It's very difficult. And what happened with me is I actually got sick of doing it. <laughs> I just, I just thought, you know, actually, I've been doing this for twenty five years. I would like to promote my own thing. And and really that was the genesis of, of funny women in a roundabout way. I've got a, um, I don't do my own PR now. Obviously I work with other people, but um, I, I did do for many, many years. And I always remember this one story um, was when I first started out and I had a theatre company and we really wanted to get reviewers in to come and see us. And our, we did an adaptation of Chaucer's A Nun's Priest Tale and we called it Chaucer's Cocktail and um, we got bottles of vodka we got our flyer printed on uh, clear plastic and we put it onto the bottles of vodka and we sent it to reviewers and people came yeah the old um, trick tricks of the trade I think my favorite was I had um, 
I worked for a client that uh, opened a, 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 it was called Knickerbox. I don't know if they still exist. Um, and they just sold pants, you know, knickers, G-strings, that kind of thing. And uh, they wanted to do a stunt. And we had a bouquet made up of all knickers all made into little roses and flowers oh and God, did it up like an, enorm- like an enormous bouquet. And I'm afraid I can't remember the occasion. Uh, it's so long ago now. Um, but we had the bouquet of knickers. It, it was obviously something to do with retail and trade, but we had the, the bouquet of knickers d- delivered to 10 Downing Street. And we, and we actually got photographs and everything from that. I think... I have. It was so long ago. I think Margaret Thatcher was st- <laughs> was still at number ten. I am very old, <laughs> but but you know that that's the the PR stunt that sticks out in my mind. So before we go, there's one thing that I, I really want to talk about, and that is, it seems to me, listening to you talk and listening to Mel talk, the one thing everybody's saying is that good PR comes from a good story. Yeah. Absolutely. And one, I mean, she, uh, you know, Mel and I are at one with the phone. I, 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 you know, if you've got a great idea, pick up the phone. Don't book a Zoom. Pick, you know, people still still like a phone call. You know, they don't have to answer it if they don't want to. But a, a phone call is is really the best way to pitch something. And the other really clever thing, and probably journalists all over will hate me for it, but a really good publicist can give a journalist a story and to and and the trick of it is that they will think they thought of it so if you're good at your job both sides of the camp think you're brilliant so your client thinks you're brilliant because you've pitched a story and the journalist looks brilliant because you've pitched a great story they probably forget that you've pitched the great story but they will get the accolades for writing a good piece. So, you know, everyone's a winner. I suppose I, one could argue that the person who, you know, all you get in the middle as the PR is, is, the, is the warm glow that you set it up, um, which is the bit that you don't always get. Mm. But everybody is a player in the success of the show, ultimately, isn't it? This is... So, I mean, that's a very good way to put it. We're all the sum of our parts and we all have a role to play. And, you know, being a publicist or a PR is, a, is not unlike being a producer where you're putting all the ideas together and you put a great show together, but it's you, the act, that gets all the credit. I was going to say, in some ways, it, it, is a, it is a certain type of performance because you have to be confident, you have to be able to speak to all different types of people, pitch ideas. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, my heyday of PR was, um, you know, the era of Lynn Franks, who was the model for Adina in Abfab, and you know, it, it was a bit like that. But I'm just picturing it now. Well, with that in mind, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you back to the gin cupboard. But I'm gonna do a good, a bit, a good bit of PR, and that is to all of our wonderful listeners. Go and enter the Funny Women Awards. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Ivy. My pleasure. You've been listening to Funny Women Behind the Scenes with Ivy Page. If you like us, please subscribe, review and share. 